0: All right, welcome everyone to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny and I'm joined this week, as always, by my co-host Brian Wells. In this week's episode, we'll be entirely focusing on just Super Wildcard Weekend. We're going to stick to football. Should be much shorter than last week's episode. We're going to talk about the six games that took place this weekend. Brian's Patriots, my Steelers, both on the wrong ends of blowouts, kind of a theme from this weekend. We'll give our thoughts on the action, look ahead to the vision around, as well as off season priorities for some of those teams that were eliminated this past weekend. And that'll be it for this one. So apologies to anyone who is hoping for a top five or other non-NFL, non-sports talk. Uh, this will have to wait until next week. So with that, let's get started. just the two of us this week after having Brian McPhee on last week to help us talk about the NFL playoffs and an entire preview. We also did top five sitcoms of the 2000s and it'd been a really long episode. One of, if not the longest we've ever done.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a long one, but at the same time, anytime we have friends or guests on, I'm always willing to just talk as long as possible, as long as it's entertaining. And I I think it was a lot of fun having Brian on last week for sure. Yeah, for sure.
0: It's, it's always fun having a, a guest, you know, every time we do, I'm like, man, this, this process is uh, is a lot longer than when it's just the two of us because it's a longer episode and it's just another person that I have to, uh, you know, work on editing and stuff. Um, so it, there's pros and cons to it, but it is it is always fun. We do always appreciate having a third person on, uh, especially to help us talk about things like, uh, you know, the sports that we love and maybe provide, you know, interesting perspectives on them. Now, to follow up that long episode, we anticipate a shorter one this week where we're only going to talk NFL, only talk about the wildcard weekend that just happened, look ahead to the divisional round. No top five or five questions or any other sports topics. So, apologies to anybody who found this was hoping for something else. Maybe not the biggest football fan or biggest sports fan in general, but still like to hear some of the content we produce. You're gonna have to wait till next week. And the reason for the shorter one isn't necessarily that last week's was so long. Uh, so I'll kind of explain why. And we're starting a little later or. Almost significantly later than we normally do when we record. And the later we start, the later we end. And that just means the later I'm able to begin the whole editing process. And usually means that I'm up, you know, really late at night whenever we have longer episodes that take longer time, especially if we do start a little later. And I wanted to get this out on Wednesday because we're talking NFL wildcard weekend, reacting to what just happened. If we put it out later in the week, At that point, it becomes less relevant. Everyone's already looking ahead to the division around. So that's been our process throughout the season. While we always record on Tuesday night, even occasionally on Monday night, uh, regardless of the Monday night football game. So that way we can get content as fresh as possible, given our limitations. And the reason why we're starting late tonight specifically is because my friend who was visiting me in Raleigh this weekend went to Virginia beach for the day on Sunday was driving back Monday evening and about an hour and a half from my apartment got a pop tire and needed me to come to the rescue. And it was, you know, about an hour and a half away. I needed to meet him at a a Walmart auto care center in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, where he just left his car overnight. I took him the rest of the way back to Raleigh and today after work on Tuesday I had to bring him back so you know I drive the hour and a half there drop him off he figures out his whole tire stuff I head back by myself another hour and a half that's just a long time you know waiting after work that's why it was kind of a, a late start for me and I'm not necessarily saying that because like I want a ton of praise or anything I'm just saying that me being a good friend a good Samaritan Just keep that in mind before you, Brian, or anyone else wants to say like really mean things to me about this being a podcast episode that doesn't have sports topics. You wanna talk about any anything else, just just keep that in mind. Just know that this is the kind of person that you are bullying. So (laughs) I don't care. Um, Like that that's that's
1: a logical reason to push this out till till later I I'm, get I'm glad
0: it. that you didn't make me record while i was on the road and just hope for the best um, <laughs> yeah well welcome to he's done it oh crash yeah, right, in, right. <laughs> right into a hill yeah that that wouldn't work uh but we're uh we're gonna power through this we'll try to get through it quickly and with that being said let's jump in let's talk super Wildcard weekend we had six games this weekend. Few of them were entertaining. Uh, you can argue anywhere between zero and maybe two or three, depending on teams that you root for, root against, were good games. Um, and like my Steelers were part of the bad games. They went into Kansas City and got clowned. It was a clowning by the Chiefs against the Steelers. At least your but team lasted. Don't. Oh, yeah, sorry. don't let the Steelers getting clowned by the Chiefs distract you from the fact that the Patriots went into Orchard Park against their rival Buffalo Bills and lost 47-17, to 17, the biggest blowout of all blowouts this weekend.
1: Yeah, like what you were saying, that the Steelers game was the Steelers got clowned, but at least they lasted a quarter and a half. The Patriots, right out of the gate, were not ready to play.
0: It was not competitive for very long. I mean, you had that touchdown drive by the Bills. Josh Allen trying to throw the ball away, threw a touchdown pass to Dawson Knox. That was kind of when you knew, okay, the the Patriots are in trouble. Go down the field. Brandon Bolden with a huge drop. Mac Jones later throws an interception, which is an incredible play by That was more of a good play by, was it Micah Hyde? Yes, Micah Hyde made a diving interception in the end zone. Bills go down and score again. All of a sudden, it's 14-0. Next thing you know, it's 27-0, 27-3 at halftime, which... Not twenty eight to three, of course. No. You know, forty seven to seventeen. A lot of differences between that game. I did. I did, some I of did the past Patriots playoff performances.
1: I did like those jokes, just because when it was that big of a deficit, and then you see the score, like how could you not make the twenty eight to three jokes? And I mean, yeah, I'm someone that doesn't handle close losses in big games as well as blowout losses, because when it's a blowout loss like that, it's like ah, well. That's the, no, it's over, quarter. yeah. You're yeah, like, it's, All it's right. over. The other yeah. team's definitely better, they definitely deserve to win. And you you get to just change the channel to cartoons or, or whatever, uh, in the middle of the game. Well, when it comes to the close losses that were right there for the taking, those I don't handle as well.
0: And I, I think I agree with that. Um, in terms of like the Steelers losing to the Chiefs 42 to 21, that was. Relatively expected, of course. Like you said, the Steelers kept it competitive release for at least a little while, so it, it hurt. Like because they 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 allowed me to buy, my- and then all of a sudden it's thirty five seven. It just feels very deflating. Uh, but this loss still doesn't compare to some of the more recent playoff losses where the expectations are much higher and the team fell flat. So I get it. I get the idea that the Patriots losing by thirty to the Bills is not as heartbreaking as you know losing. In conference championship games, Super Bowls, last minute, and, like some of those other right. losses that the Patriots have had. That being said, I I love that this happened because there are a lot of bad Patriots fans out there. You're not one of them, but a lot of Patriots fans who think they're like the 54th member of the team. They're just so in your face about being a fan of this team and like how dominant they've been over the past two decades. That I just think it was a nice taste of humility. Like the Patriots fans needed to be humbled. Because, you know, heartbreak in the conference championship game, the Super Bowl, when you go and win the Super Bowl the next season, no one cares about that. Now you know what it's like to be a fan of the other 31 teams, to have these expectations of yourself, be the number one seed in December, and have the season come crushing down, and lose not just to any team, but like a division rival the division rival that you the biggest division for rival. the longest yeah at this point the biggest and the one that was definitively owned more than any other team Brady was at 32 and 3 against the Bills and now all of a sudden to be looking like wow the Bills are the new Patriots of the AFC East Josh Allen didn't punt in two games the Bills had nine possessions seven touchdowns two kneel downs so I think for the rest of America this is a kind of thing that kind of Slowly starts to make you think, okay, maybe the Patriots are back down to everyone else's level. Maybe that dynasty is on pause for a while. And uh, by the time they win another Super Bowl again, it'll have been long enough that it's not just, all right, here we go again, Bill Belichick just turning Matt Jones as the new Tom Brady. And I don't want to overreact and say that the the Bills are never going to get stopped by the Patriots again. Like, I think that that's kind of ridiculous. Some of the things people are saying uh, just so this one game, but at least now in this moment, as someone who has had my heart ripped apart by the Patriots on numerous occasions the last two decades, it was nice to see them just get absolutely destroyed on national TV.
2: It's nice to
1: see that they're one of the other 31 teams and they're not way up. ahead of everyone especially, exactly especially when they've had the coach quarterback combo for as long as they've had they've had it for with bill and tom
0: so i'm um, starting to see some some takes out there I, mostly colin coward i'm sure there are others oh, who are colin saying coward. like oh mac jones should be traded now what, I lo- what are the
1: colin coward is great that? because in the beginning of the year he's like yeah mac jones is just not that good and then you fast forward to two months later, like Mac Jones is the real deal. And then of course this weekend with him saying, is Mac Jones really that good? Him flip flopping is pretty pretty funny, especially since Colin Coward's not not my favorite.
0: He's he's a hot take artist. I I think it's kind of ridiculous, but at the same time it almost makes it even more um you know leveling the playing field for everyone else and that you can't even say that mac jones was like the reason why the patriots no he lost was honestly the only reason
1: he was the only one on the patriots maybe not the only one him and Bourne and maybe jacoby myers they th- those there weren't a lot of guys in the patriots that played well but he, i thought he was one of them i thought he was one of the, the few guys in the patriots that actually did show up to play that game on like Basically, the other fifty plus players on the team uh, didn't they? It, 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 they look like it looked like they just quit in the mid game, and they looked like they didn't even want to be there.
0: Yeah, I mean the the defense has a ton of problems. Um, you know, I think that there were times where they looked a lot more dominant than they really were because they were beating up on teams like
2: the yeah, Jets yeah. and the Jaguars. This and- is
1: a this is an issue that I brought up. Was that one of the things I'm concerned about the Patriots is that. They, were, they look as good as they were during their seven-game win streak, and I feel like most of that, I think proven so, was because of the bad competition. Not all the teams that they played during that win streak were bad. I think the Chargers were pretty good, and Bills, of course, were obviously good, but outside of them, I, I don't know many great things you could say about the other teams that they, they beat. So, yeah, I think they're, they just beat up on bad competition, and I think the Patriots are a supremely average maybe a little bit above average football team that kind of gets exposed by some pretty good teams And they got exposed by teams that didn't even have great quarterbacks they played the Colts and yes they have Jonathan Taylor but Carson Wentz he threw 57 passing yards in that game and so he wasn't very good and then they lost to a Dolphins team with Tua who's been kind of so-so throughout his career make the leap in year two that no that you expected and no, others it, were hoping for so Yeah, like they lost to a team that really had nothing to play for. And so, yeah, the Patriots looked like they were just trending more and more down uh, by when it got closer to the playoffs. And they gave up 35 points per game in those last four losses that they had. And,
0: yeah, they were just never the same after the bye week. So heading into the offseason for the Patriots, I think that one thing I'm I'm seeing from a lot of Patriots fans is, or I guess two things I'm seeing in terms of the highest priorities is getting some youth on the defense. Oh, uh, some that's speed, that's, some some playmakers for sure, as well especially as a number one receiver for Mac Jones. Like th- so those one receiver.
1: those are the two that I was going to say. So I actually agree with that. Is that they need speed on defense, especially at linebacker. The I I, I think I think Bill needs to realize that he needs to have more speed. Rather than size, it's good to have size at the position, but I think it's a faster game now, and you need more speed rather than size at that. Yeah, at the
2: especially linebacker against
0: position. some of the the quarterbacks today who are able to beat you not just Spe- on the air, but yeah, through the, the ground. quarterback Josh Allen's the, the ultimate example of that. Right, type of player. exactly.
1: And I think the quarterback position, yeah, is is more mobile than it, than it used to be. And yeah, and then and then when it comes to the next biggest need, I would also say number one wide receiver. Maybe it doesn't have to be the prototypical. Number one wide receiver like a Calvin Johnson or anything like that, but someone like I, they, so their number one receiver these past several years have been Edelman and then even farther back Welker and so, so I've said this before, but they need someone that can move the move the chains. I mean, look at the Raiders. That's a team that no one really expected to make the playoffs whatsoever, and they they lost their coach. Their actual their number one wide receiver and they didn't have really their number one actual weapon in Darren Waller for. Six plus weeks, but why were they successful? I, I like to believe one of the reasons, biggest reasons why they were successful, is because they had Hunter Renfro, a guy who, yeah, Hunter Renfro, could,
0: and you had a guy because Hunter Renfro was able to, you know, develop himself as a receiver. Jay, Zay Jones finally reached his yeah. potential as well, and it, we'll get to the Raiders, but yeah, I, I agree. But I like, wanted to use it, Hunter of, Renfro as an example yeah, because he's because he's similar like, to the Edelman Welker type mold, exactly,
1: and not just because yeah. of
0: the skin color,
1: but because of yeah. how of. The style of play uh, they are at the wide right receiver position and how they get open, and their route running is great. And so, so that, that that's just one example I wanted to use. So they need someone like that, someone that can move the chains and get open on th- on third downs. Jacoby Myers, I like of course, but he's not he doesn't fit that example perfectly. I but I would like him as a number two or number three receiver. But they need a a true number one. Whether that's uh a big number one. Prototypical receiver or someone like a Renfro, but not exactly him, just someone like him,
0: well, you know Julian Edelman was very much prepared to uh show up with the boys this weekend i I assume that you saw that that yeah. tweety <laughs> yeah, six figures uh,
1: right down the drain
0: <laughs> he is yeah well he he tweets a pick of himself outside in the cold, presumably in you know the Boston area I I don't know where he's living these days maybe it was New York but he was uh, in short sleeve and shorts watching the game with the boys and I, I I'm glad he did that because I think that's just such like a douchey thing for him to just like post a pic of himself outside like that in the freezing cold like Come on, dude. Like, and like, I love that he did that because he's really starting to grow on me in terms of a post career personality. Like, you've seen him in some commercials. Uh, I heard him on a podcast shortly after he announced his retirement where he called uh, Coors Light Beers Colorado Kool Aids. And I thought that was so good that Coors Light became my like go-to beer of the summer so I'm glad that he kind of did something like that where I'm still like okay yeah I really don't like this guy because of his playing days like that 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 was a nice little touch and uh I I can't imagine he was outside that entire time just like all other Patriots fans who were ready to turn the game off before it ended so yeah but yeah uh,
1: so like I said they the number one wide receiver for Matt Jones would be nice but yeah the most important thing is definitely revamping their defense even though it was one of the biggest reasons why they were successful successful this year I think they they won more games defensively than offensively I think it just got exposed big time this year and I think late down the stretch especially in that playoff game I think the I don't know the it looked like the players coaches just were on the same page remind me of that game and I think it was 29 or 2010 when they played Baltimore in the wild card round I don't know if you remember that. Oh yeah, 2000. When they got, yeah, the, when they, the when Ray, they lost in the wild. Yeah, like when that. Ray Rice uh, was running all over the place and they lost by like 30 plus. And I, I remember, mm-hmm. I remember that because I, there's a. I, I remember watching a documentary, sort of a documentary, and you could hear Bill talking on the sidelines. I don't know if it was with Tom or someone else, but I, I remember him talking to someone, and he's like, "I can't get these guys to uh, be on the same page, or I can't." I can't motivate these guys enough, or I can't. It, yeah, like it felt like Belichick was a little bit uh, helpless, and he definitely was not. Did not get the defense prepared enough, well, well enough for this game. He was well out coached by McDermott, and uh, and the Bills certainly outplayed the Patriots. So. Yeah, humiliating loss all around for the Patriots. I mean, the the, the Bills had you've probably seen the stat array, but they had seven drives. i Don't count the knee at the end. But they had seven drives, seven touchdowns. Like no punts or field. They couldn't even hold. It's kind of shows field goal. just that, how pathetic. dominant
0: this Bills team can be, and makes you believe that yeah, they're going to be a force, in not just the AFC East, but the AFC in general. As long as they have you know Josh Allen and some of these other guys, so. I guess before we we get to that Buffalo-Kansas City game, we should talk about the Steelers-Chiefs game. And, yeah, like we said earlier, this one was expected to be a blowout. It was closer than expected for the first, I don't know, 25 minutes of the game. This one was competitive, like really right until the very end of the second half or second quarter going into halftime. And I think that's what makes this frustrating is that the, the Steelers held the Chiefs scoreless in the first quarter. They have a huge fumble return touchdown, which essentially woke up the Chiefs' offense at that point. But for the the team, like guys like Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin and stuff to talk about playing with house money and how no one expects them to win, and like makes you think that oh, they're gonna do whatever they can to come out and win this game, and you know make it make something crazy happen. And it's just the same, unlike. The, the same, like, boring offense with no creativity. And, you know, the offensive line sucks. Najee Harris can't go anywhere. The receivers are dropping passes. Deontay Johnson praising him all year about not dropping passes. And <laughs> the then last two games, especially that playoff game, yeah,
1: yeah he started dropping a million passes again.
0: Third and two, uh, down 7 7 after the Chiefs scored. The, the Seals had a chance to go on a drive to put up some points. Before the half, Kansas City probably still scores as they scored twice after that. Johnson drops the ball. Kansas City scores and then just brutal play calling on third down just constantly throwing short of the six and th- that was the story throughout the season and it's frustrating because this is like the high scoring team in the fourth quarter so you knew the offense was capable of putting up points and it was always when things were unscripted and Ben was just kind of throwing the ball you know whether he was truly calling plays himself or what it was that no huddle offense and that was when they were able to get going and we saw kind of late in this one a couple touchdowns but it didn't matter because the Chiefs were just able to kick it in a high gear and the Steelers just couldn't compete with them offensively because they had so many issues with the offense. And I think that kind of brings to the frustration heading into the offseason is that Mike Tomlin today in his press conference says that he doesn't anticipate any coaching changes, any staff changes. And I don't understand how he can run it back with back Canada. Like, I get you have an aging quarterback who's no longer mobile, doesn't have the arm strength, you know the consistency that he has, you know, had throughout his career. You have a really inexperienced, bad offensive line, but Matt Canada wasn't doing the team any favors, and I, I think that's kind of where my frustration now comes from. Where it's like, yeah, like who cares? The Steelers made the playoffs, nine seven one, great. Everyone doubted them, but. Moving forward, this is a pivotal off season, and it's already off to a rough start. If the Steelers legitimately just run back the exact same coaching staff, because I think that you can make a case that all three coordinators should be gone—offense, defense, and special teams—just with a lot of the shortcomings this team had throughout the season.
1: You don't have a problem with Tomlin at all?
0: I don't have a problem with Mike Tomlin. I mean, the fact that he's never had a losing season, I think, does need to be valued, and he's found ways to get more out of bad teams yes he's had some letdowns and the playoff losses are frustrating but I want to see him bring in actual coordinators first instead of just hiring guys from within and hoping for the best up and down the board that was the problem he promoted Adrian Klum the offensive line coach who had no idea what he's doing now he's in college promoted Matt Canada who was a bad college offensive coordinator had no NFL experience and he was not a great NFL offensive coordinator I'd like to see what he can do by bringing in some coordinators from the outside because you know he won the Super Bowl way back in the day when he had Dick LeBeau one of the greatest events coordinators of all time calling into defense he had a lot of success with Bruce Arians as OC still had some success with Todd 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 Haley. Haley. obviously there were frustrations <laughs> there but it's just been it's gotten worse and worse like last year all the complaints about the Steelers offense they averaged 26 points a game last year they averaged 20 points a game this year, almost a full touchdown worse. Like That's that's just ridiculous to me that they would consider just bringing back these same guys and just hoping that they can make some personnel decisions that are a little better because the personnel decisions they made last year were terrible. There was so much that went wrong, and I think that this team, if they want to continue to be competitive in the post-Big Ben era, right away, while you still have a guy like TJ Watt playing at a high level, Cam Hayward still an all-pro, is like fine wine but you know he's gonna take a step backward eventually minka fitzpatrick is someone who you already kind of saw him have a little bit of a come down compared to where he was in 2019 2020 this year he finished the season strong I, I still believe in him but he was not the same type of like splashy player uh so i think that you know there's a lot of things that need to change and it just starts with getting new faces in the building and new people who can kind of right the ship and help you know transition from this era and continue to retool without going into a full-on rebuild
1: are there names that you're interested in as potential offense or defense or special teams coordinators if you actually yeah, know I mean, <laughs>
0: special team why not joe judge like see, oh, see what yeah. he can do he's great with the patriots special teams coordinator <laughs> He's uh, better no. special teams guy than a coach (laughs) yeah I mean Vic Fangio is obviously a name that I love as a DC OC I I I don't know like there there are some names that are being thrown out Pep Hamilton's an interesting one but I I guess anyone but Canada though I said last year anyone but Fiechner, and now I'm saying the same thing so it's it's definitely uh you know outside of my wheelhouse to say who I just want it to be I just just want them to to go outside the organization get someone else gets yeah get someone else in the building
1: Addition by subtraction. Exactly. Move. Yeah,
0: which I mean, it it had the possibility to be that, and Tomlin totally messed up. So,
1: we'll take out the coaching staff. What improvements do you want on the but besides quarterback? Yeah, I mean, that, quarterback has obviously. to be
0: the the big thing. Um, offensive line, though, like to me, that, oh yeah, it was it's bad. One of the, it's I,
1: one of the biggest reasons why I was down down the Steelers heading into the years that they have
0: yeah, I mean, the, the worst O-line. One the, of the worst O-line. The offense like, they're somehow able to overcome it. And I think that's a credit to Big Ben um, in that he was he he delivered enough in the clutch. And when the defense played well enough for the first three quarters, the, the Steelers were always in the game. Uh but the offensive line was a huge liability. Had some moments here and there, but I and mean, that's when you trot out two. Draft picks like rookies from the third and the fourth round, expect them to be your starting left tackle and center. Bring in a washed up Trey Turner to replace the washed up veterans that you let go and you know, watch retire in the offseason. Chuck Sakorafor has never proven to be anything, he's your like you know, established veteran on the offensive line. And then the the other Garthy and who could be signed off someone else's practice squad and hope for the best. It, to me, this this team has 45 million in gap space with the potential to be more. And I think that both free agency and the draft should be used toward the offensive line and the defensive line and linebackers. Like those, there's a lot of holes on this team, but the offensive line has to be the biggest priority because. It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. It doesn't matter who's playing running back. You know, Najee Harris is a stud. He showed moments when he had room to run. He just didn't have enough room to run this season to like really be great. And um, you know, the quarterback, whether it's a, an established veteran or a rookie or someone like that, I, I think that they'll struggle if there's not at least some level of protection. Like, how many times did you see offensive line in block air has been? Yeah. Sacked before he can even look downfield. Like it was one third and two play against the the Chiefs this week when Ben's being sacked before (laughs) the ball's like even fully in his hands.
1: I think I remember which play you're talking about, too. Yeah, it was early uh, on. I, I can't really describe it. I just remember he was looking one way, and all of a sudden he looks straight forward and he sees right? uh Chiefs <laughs> D lineman in his yeah, face. Yeah, well, Trey Turner <laughs> is just
0: standing there, like pretending to block somebody. It, it is just really frustrating. And there, there are so many examples of that. In the Minnesota game, that to me was like one of one of the most frustrating losses in recent years just given that the team fell behind 29 to nothing because of all the offensive line woes and not being able to stop the run only to have a comeback there's just too little too late there's just one one of those where you like there were there were opportunities here and just like this team has potential when you see that but they just hurt themselves because they made Terrible personnel moves in the offseason that they just couldn't overcome. And it's a credit to this team. They end up winning nine games. They beat some good teams when, you know, week one. Mike Tomlin totally outcoached Sean McDermott, and the the Bills were very frustrating in that loss. And in Week 15, the number one seed Titans, uh, they turned the ball over four times, and the you know they started to see flashes of that 2019 defense go four and zero against the Browns and the Ravens. But you know ultimately, this team never stood a chance against someone like Kansas City. And uh, you know it was just fun to make the playoffs, but. The team needs to make a ton of changes if they want to be more than just a barely competitive for the playoffs next year.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the Chargers and Vikings losses were easily the two worst. Yeah, I mean that was tough, right? I
0: mean, getting blown out by the Bengals is is horrible. Like you never want that to happen. But yeah, those Chargers and Vikings games, especially in prime time when everyone is watching, and like you just see like the the lowest of lows and the highest of highs, and just lead to brutal crushing losses they win those games they're 11 and 5 and 1 win the afc north like this is a totally different story and said people like oh the you know seven siege we get rid of it because the Steelers had to go to kansas city and like you know it, that would have happened eventually but it's uh it's just a totally different narrative they find a way to win some of those games and i get that they also won eight out of nine i don't games by one i don't score. think they're so there's yeah
1: I obviously stated my opinion last week on the Steelers, not thinking they're very good. But at the same time, what if the Patriots were the seven seed? They would have. It would just been the same exact result. Yeah, it would have just against <laughs> Cause, Kansas City cause they, cause of Buffalo. Because they, they clearly proved versus Buffalo that they, that they weren't in that game either. So, no matter who they played, Kansas City or Buffalo, uh, either team. It would have been the same result.
0: Yeah, I mean, those two teams right now still feel like the class of the AFC. Definitely excited to see them go toe-to-toe next Sunday night. Uh, I guess, what are your thoughts going into that one?
1: That one should be the best game of the the four upcoming games. Uh, I would still pick Kansas City just because I'm already picking them to make the Super Bowl, but I don't know. Buffalo, when, when they're on, they, I think they are legit and the le- legit biggest threat. I think... It feels like even though they're playing each other right now, I feel like this is kind of the AFC championship game <laughs> like no offense to either two
0: teams yeah I mean it's I I agree with that I I do agree um I also am leaning Kansas City just because I feel like Buffalo is maybe a little primed for a letdown here and, like I don't anticipate and, them to score a touchdown in every yeah, and everything yeah and like and so. like I said earlier
1: when we were talking about that game versus New England, even though I think Buffalo played great. I think much more of that had to do with how New England played on defense than how Buffalo did. That's just me, though, personally, as a bias. There's a clear bias there, but I thought the Patriots <laughs> uh-huh. just straight-up sucked. I certainly
0: see a scenario in which Buffalo keeps rolling Kansas City. If they come out flat like they did against Pittsburgh, that could be bad because you know the Bills' offense is capable of moving the ball, unlike the Steelers'. Uh, and that so there's certainly a scenario where I can see this one being not just a Bills win, maybe even winning as like they did when they played back in week five. That one was yeah, nothing
1: gross. nothing would surprise me in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh what, no matter who wins and how much they win by. Because we've seen Buffalo not only win on the road in Arrowhead, but like you said, in week five, they
0: basically crushed it. Yeah, I think mean, it was like thirty eight to twenty or something like that. Yeah. So and yeah, it it was barely even that competitive. But we've also seen the Bills lose, you know, like you said, the Jaguars, you know, they they, they're capable of kind of falling flat, especially coming off a big emotional win and then having to turn around and go on the road. So,
1: yeah. So nothing would surprise me about this game, but it is the game that I'm looking forward to the most this upcoming weekend.
0: Yeah. So one game that I'm probably looking forward to a little more than you is the Bengals and the Titans and the Bengals got there by beating the Raiders this weekend and Uh, this was one of the more competitive games, but mostly because Vegas made it a little closer than it looked. They actually had a chance to tie or even win it down the stretch. Huge win for Cincinnati Bengals, who uh, got their first playoff win in 31 years. Fans can finally send a text saying they watched the Bengals. I was just about (laughs) to say that. Yeah, first,
1: (laughs) I love that fun fact that no Uh, one's ever texted about a Bengals playoff win, (laughs) given that the last time they won a playoff game, text messages weren't even a thing then.
0: Yep. So this uh you know credit to the the Cincinnati Bengals uh you know they they have not been one of my favorite teams over the years. Uh, it's it was always nice when they weren't that good, but for the most part the Bengals were always like competitive. They made the playoffs like five or six years in a row with Annie Dalton. So and of course Well it was always
1: great because they would just lose. They would they just lose in, in
0: twenty fifteen, but also like a horrible game <laughs> that made me hate the Bengals, you know, with the Vontaze Berfick hit on Antonio Brown that according yeah, and, to and, and yeah, Pac-Man yeah, right, in the, yeah, with him fighting coach. yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. It was. Yeah, it was. It was a bad showing by the Bengals that night. And game of the Seals are up fifteen to nothing. Like it was almost a really brutal loss by Pittsburgh too. So they got lucky in that one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give credit to the Bengals. Uh, you know, I think Joe Burrow. I know you're a huge fan of him. You've talked about how much you've loved him since LSU. I think you and I kind of probably have similar thoughts when it comes to Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, but opposite, where it's like. We recognize that they're a great quarterback and they're fun to watch, but you would enjoy them a little bit more if they weren't playing for a division. Rival. <laughs> yeah, like,
1: that's actually you know. a good way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Josh Allen. Josh yeah, Allen. I, mean, actually, I I love Josh Allen. Well, Josh Allen, Allen right? had a slower start than because Burrow was already great when he started. I mean, he did get mm-hmm. injured, but he was a he was a number one pick, and Josh yeah, Allen he was, was the seventh great before pick. The but he he was at Wyoming, and so he was kind of yeah. an unknown commodity, and his first couple of years. He he had basically a fifty percent completion percentage. And so he was not a great pocket passer at all. But then last year and into this year, he's been terrific. But yeah, so like those guys mm. are definitely uh like what, top maybe five both of them, maybe top five quarterbacks. Or at least or at least yeah, near I mean, there. They're, they're and, way up there. Yeah, like like you said, they're fun to watch, but at the same time it sucks that they're in the divisions that we have teams in. <laughs> that we root for
0: yeah definitely makes them makes them hard to root for at times uh but you know it is it certainly um gives you hope i guess if you're a fan of a struggling team to know that the bengals just two years ago were two and 14 and you know they get the number one overall pick they get their guy in joe burrow they make other personnel moves and now all of a sudden they're in the divisional round with a chance to continue a deep run to the Super Bowl like that quickly like that's just how fast things can change in the NFL when you have the right people in place you know the right head coach the right general manager and it's a credit to this organization because the Bengals are the deserving laughing stock of the league for a very long time you know part of the issue is that their owner wouldn't spend money to make this team great and uh, they, we've certainly seen them go out and dip into free agency they made some smart draft picks and that's why that they're in this place and uh, they're about to go to Nashville I'm I'm still riding with the Titans. I I thought it'd be a Titans Bengals game, but I think that the the more I like hear all these glowing stuff about the Bengals, you know, like start thinking it myself, the more I'm like, is is Tennessee really gonna win this one? Like just because Derrick Henry's coming back, because the Bengals are a really good team and the the Titans. We're disappointing a lot this season. Most <laughs> Dis- because of disappointing injury, and then they make a one seed. <laughs> yeah, right? Like it was just like frustrating to think about because it's like like why you know, they, they won some some games early on and they started to lose players and they started to lose some games, but then they, they were able to turn it around. So I'm still riding with Tennessee in this one. I think healthy Tennessee Titans team has the edge. But in twenty twenty these teams faced each other and the the Bengals were bad then and they won 38-13. to Titans couldn't get any pressure on Joe Burrow in that one, and that was like with an even worse offensive line. So I think if uh, the Titans struggle to get to Joe Burrow and this game becomes a shootout, then that's totally in favor of Cincinnati. So the Titans defense is going to be the big key for them in this one.
1: Yeah, I think there are some things about the Titans where I think they're better than than Cincinnati, where I I think Tennessee, I think they're the well, more well more well coached team than Cincinnati because, like we said with Zach Taylor, it's like this dude was on the hot seat and all of a sudden he lucks into getting yeah, burned. I know, and... I still don't totally believe so. Yeah, him, I'm not, but... I'll admit, I'm not sold on him as a coach, even though he's made it to the division around and he's probably in the year, uh, coach of the year running. Well, Vrabel, I'm obviously much higher on as a coach. and He had 91 different players on his roster this year. Yeah, I mean, it, I think Mike Vrabel I, should be I also think coach he should be coach of the year. Of the year. And that's, that's the one thing I respect about Tennessee, is that uh, even if their talent is not very flashy, uh, especially at key positions, they're definitely one of the more well-coached teams. So I have to give them that. But yeah, I would lean Cincinnati in this game. Uh, I'll admit probably a little bit of burrow bias, but I do think that, the Titans are kind of a pass-funnel defense where they're one of the best teams against the run, and that it definitely would help versus Cincinnati because Cincinnati's O-line, especially run-blocking-wise, is not great. And But their secondary is one of the worst in the league, and when you're facing a quarterback like Burrow and receivers like Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, who did nothing... T. Higgins, and, and yeah. T. Higgins, Tyler who did Boyd. nothing in, against Oak, uh, Las Vegas, I'd imagine he'll have a bounce-back game, and Tyler Boyd... He had that touchdown <laughs> in the second quarter <laughs> versus, versus Vegas. Uh, that was definitely questionable uh, if it should have been a touchdown. But he was he made an impact. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, and Uzama, he's he's a pretty good tight end. So yeah, I think I think Cincinnati's. I think this game comes down to Burrow versus the Titans secondary. And I think it, I think Burrow's someone that's good enough to exploit that weakness in t- the Tennessee's defense. And so. I would lean with Cincinnati in this game, even though they're not favored. And then I guess another thing is how healthy is Derrick Henry gonna be? I think he—I've seen some videos, and I think he—he he looks pretty good. Even though I—I I know it's just practice, but I think he looks ready to go. But I'd imagine that there'll be rust for him as well.
0: Yeah, and Dante Foreman, uh, and I guess a little bit of like Hillier did a a solid job in replacement of Derrick Henry if they do need to be called upon. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, but that that'll certainly be a big factor. Are we gonna have like a Derrick Henry two hundred yard rushing performance like he's had in the playoffs before? Uh, that that will certainly be key to this Titans team. If they have the the full balance, and you know, that's not just entirely relying on the passing game. So
1: yeah, and, yeah, I agree with that.
0: So I guess real quickly uh, on the Raiders, they just fired GM Mike Mayock. What are your thoughts uh, on? Oh, deserved uh, the Raiders?
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> It, I know, I know they made the playoffs, but come on, he he did not do that great of a job. I mean, he did some good things, but
0: mo- the, yeah, b- the, yeah, yeah, things, Crosby, the the bad things. Crosby. Yeah, right.
1: the the bad things outweigh the the good stuff for sure. The, yeah, I mean too that, that fr-
0: twenty twenty draft was one where immediately it, it was, was it was, the it was not draft, great. And it,
1: even in, uh, before hindsight, yeah, it was not great. Yeah, at right. <laughs> like wow, they 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 took rugs. They could have had Judy or Lamb, and I know Judy hasn't been that great in Denver, but. I think, yeah, those, I mean, I think, I think those guys it, but, were rated yeah. as better receivers than Ruggs at the time. Yeah, it's just I mean, the, the one the thing Ruggs guy. had over those two is that he was he was the fastest of the of the three. Yeah. And then they took Arnett, which was a pick that was even Considered a reach. Uh, yep. Considered a, a reach. <laughs> he, he was a projected yeah. third round pick. <laughs> he took <Yeah>. him nineteenth <laughs> overall. Yeah. And uh-huh. then that I don't know. I'm not a offensive line analyst whatsoever but that leatherwood guy sucks
2: <laughs> yeah every time i watch yeah, a raiders I mean, he was, game
1: he does he, he he gets multiple penalties and does something wrong
0: <laughs> yeah he was someone that um <laughs> the Steelers were kind of rumored to be in on so i'm glad that he was off the board and that they were kind of you know forced to draft Najee harris because some of the other offensive linemen that were in that area, like yeah you know we'll try our luck down the road and we'll we'll just get our guy running back there because yeah Leatherwood was uh really really bad this season and it's still early but having to move from tackle to guard in year one like that's a that's a tough look for a guy that you take 17th overall or whatever it was
2: yeah
1: he he, he's brutal (laughs) every time every every single Raiders game
0: Oh, Cleveland Farrell, how about him? Oh, that—that that was. Four I mean, pick. I guess yeah. you could
1: say Max Crosby would be a top five pick <laughs> if they did that. Re- did that draft again? Yeah. But yeah, right. <laughs> Ferrell was. I, I mean, I. Does he even play? <laughs> I don't even notice. Him. I
0: know he was a healthy scratch a lot this season. I, I'm not even positive he's still on the roster. I have I, not yeah, heard his name. In I a while. legitimately
1: w- don't do not know if he's on the roster. And but- I
0: I can't imagine the new GM is excited to keep a guy like that around. I think the interesting thing here is what do they do with head coach Rich Pasashia? Because this is a Raiders team that could have totally fallen apart after John Gruden was fired, and it looked like that was gonna happen after those two blowout losses at Kansas City, but they won four in a row. The players seem to love him. Uh but obviously having a new GM come in, it just doesn't play in the favor of retaining an interim head coach.
1: I would I would bring him back for another year. It just just to see what it's like, just to give him a shot. Just because I think he earned I think he he's earned another year. He's definitely earned it. Yeah. yeah. I think he's I, I think agree with that. just given everything that happened for them to make the playoffs, I think he deserves a shot even if it's not I don't know I I I think what he did this (laughs) year is pretty great
0: yeah I mean I guess the tough thing is you're not necessarily just committing to one year because he'd be hiring as a full-time head coach but you know I mean David Cully was fired after one year we've seen it happen other examples where coaches get long contracts and don't last nearly as long
1: it may may be the feel-good story can get in the way a little bit too much I remember Bruce Arians I remember he took over for Chuck Pagano and he was praised as Mm -hmm. for the job that he did that one year with Indianapolis. And then he goes to Arizona and he wasn't great. And then before Tom Brady shows at Tampa, he wasn't great uh, before Brady got there when he as in his tenure in Tampa. And so I don't know, maybe the feel good stuff, good story stuff is maybe a little bit could get in the way a little bit too much. I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's also easy to overlook the four wins when, Three of them came against Nick Mullins, Drew Locke, and uh, Carson Wentz, fresh off the COVID list, oh, okay. without True. practicing all week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, certainly helped in that regard. I guess what about Derek Carr? He's a name that's been attached to the Steelers and plenty of other teams, and you know, trades.
1: I obviously like Carr. I think I think he was good this year. I think he was. Oh, I, I, think I thought outside, he was very. I thought good outside. This year. I think outside of Brady, he was second in passing yards this year. Was he he really? was up there. He was up there. I don't think it was second, yeah. but he was he was up there. And I think the last couple of years... Is, uh,
0: uh, Which is kind of remarkable because he had no rugs for most of the season. He had no Waller for a lot of the season. Yeah, so.
1: I I think... Yeah, he's obviously not a great quarterback, but I think I think he gets too much crap now. I think he's too underrated now. Well, years ago he was, Yeah, I
0: agree with that. Well, because it's been, what, three years now that there have been rumors of John Gruden moving on from Carr and Carr lasted longer than Gruden, yeah. so... We'll see. I mean, obviously, bringing in a new GM, uh, you know, everyone is up for grabs at that point. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I feel like if the Raiders run it back with mostly the same roster, they're not going to go ten and seven to make the playoffs again. I would still pick them to finish last again. (laughs) Yeah, they definitely need to make some moves. uh, You know, to like really bring in guys who uh, can can bolster this roster and not have to rely on teams being down starting quarterbacks down the stretch. Mm -hmm. So. One more thing, I I, th- I know this is kind of uh,
1: a little off topic. What do you think of that uh, Tyler Boyd touchdown with the the whistle? Like, what?
0: Did you... I mean, it was definitely early, but like,
2: but I, you don't, I don't think, think it was it really you, had
1: you don't an think it was as big play. of a deal as people are making it out to be.
0: No, I don't think so. I think people because it did it, show out to be a much bigger. It did deal.
1: show uh, all the players just kind of stop, and Tyler Boyd kind of kind of did the same thing too. But the whistle was blown. Like what? A second before he caught the ball, if that, yeah, if yeah that. it was
0: like very, very like quickly right before. So I guess it's one of those where it's like, yeah, technically it probably shouldn't have counted, but I, I think that it did show in the replay was, that
1: Burrow wasn't out of bounds. So like that's a good thing. Either yeah, way, either I mean, way,
0: I, th- I yeah,
1: either way, I thought Jerome Boger and his group sucked in that game. Yeah, I, like, they're, did, not, even, they're not just going to be roughing, which again is this good because even so. taking out that play with the Tyler Boyd touchdown with the. An inadvertent whistle you, you, taking out that like, the refs made some really ticky tack calls in that game uh, especially holding calls and then the, and i hated that penalty that was it was the i think it was the last drive the raiders drive where it was a roughing the passer and then we watched the replay car barely got touched and yep. it's just like yeah that, this ref crew i know that
0: uh, roughing the passer is it's one of the the most annoying penalties because of just how subjective it is. And it feels like something that should be reviewable because there are so many times where it's called and you're like, how is that roughing the passer? And other times where it's like, how is that not roughing the passer? And I wish that there was a better way to, you know, have like clear. I I know what you mean because there are consistency across the board
1: because there are quarterbacks that look like Deshaun Watson or Cam Newton where they're just big and huge and yeah. Right. And they look like they're linebackers, but then there are quarterbacks that that look like quarterbacks and don't have the size of other players and and so I I get what you're saying.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: all right, so I'll do it for the AFC side of the wildcard playoffs. Let's move on to the NFC. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Philadelphia Eagles. Another two seven matchup that wasn't close at all. It was thirty one to nothing for the Eagles. Scored a couple late to make this one a little competitive, but uh, yeah. I, coming into the playoffs I had no respect for the Eagles and I was (laughs) proven that I I shouldn't have been respecting them because uh, even against a Bucs team that uh, had some injuries happen during the game you know we're down a couple big players on offense uh, compared to late in the season they were still able to have their way with this team
1: yeah so you said earlier that you had I I don't is not word for word but you're talking about how fans are complaining about there's too many teams in the playoffs now with seven seeds. I I think this game kind of showed that you can make a case for there being too many teams because that Eagles team did not even make this game even remotely competitive. At least the Steelers, like I said, made it a quarter and a half of it being a little bit competitive, but the Eagles just straight up did not. <laughs> they they were worse than the Patriots. <laughs> or
0: almost as yeah, bad as I the mean, patriots and... <laughs> well, the patriots at least were able to move the ball a little. Um, yeah, the Eagles, I mean, I guess, the Eagles like, didn't score kind until they were scoring a lot late. Yeah, yeah they scored late yeah. when it was over,
1: but mm-hmm. yeah, th- yeah. Th- this game didn't really it really it wasn't competitive whatsoever. I get my biggest takeaways from this game is like you said, they lost the Bucks had some key players get hurt including Tristan Wirfs where mm-hmm. it, he he gets injured early in the game and then that Wells guy had to move to right tackle. It's like, oh my God, if they have to put me at right tackle, like, that's not good. (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah, Uh, joking aside, like they, 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 Worfs was out for a little bit, but then all of a sudden he comes back in and then the, the first play he's in there, he's clearly not healthy and he gives up a sack and it's like, why the heck is he out there? And I'm thinking to myself, was AB right this entire time? Right?
2: Oh, I know. (laughs) That's all I'm thinking after that play happened is like,
1: Oh my god, was AB actually Do I have to do I have to take his side? Maybe he has a point. <laughs> oh my god, cuz uh-huh. cuz Tristan Wirth should not have been out there whatsoever and now he's in a walking boot and who knows if he plays uh on I think they're playing on Sunday afternoon at 3. Yeah, they yeah. play Sunday. Yeah. Who knows if they get so, him I mean, back. And a I, that's later. a big loss. Yeah. He's an all-pro oh, right yeah. tackle. They have the Yeah, the, that's a huge loss. The Bucks have one of the best O-lines in the league and he's a huge reason why and I know it's not I know it's not Brady's blind side but he's an all-pro right tackle and if they were not to have him that's another huge loss especially when they're facing a Rams team that has Aaron Donald and a lot of other studs on their team and it's not a great matchup for for Brady and the Bucks cuz the the two times that Brady's played played the Rams in his tenure with the Bucks he hasn't beaten them he's lost both times and so yeah, so yeah and, I uh... I think it's
0: they weren't even, like, this past, you know, we'll talk more about the Rams. I know this, what you mean. I'm just saying. One yeah, I'm just wasn't, Yeah, no, it wasn't all that great, and having all these guys that are injured just makes it even tough for yeah. this team. So, and so that, that's one of my and biggest... And that, that was one thing you said coming into this, why you weren't ready to say that the Bucks are the biggest threat to the Packers, even after last year, yeah. is because of all the injuries that they suffered uh, late in the season, and really throughout the entire season. Yeah, so. I'm
1: probably overing it a little bit, but I'm... Probably more I'm more concerned than others are letting on about how about about the injury concerns uh, for Tampa right now.
0: Especially, I guess, uh, you know, looking ahead to the offseason for the Eagles, uh, you know, one of the big things they need to answer is Jalen Hurts still their guy. I said coming into this, he was under a ton of pressure. And, you know, I don't know if his fourth quarter performance was enough to be like, okay, the, the Eagles can be a competitive team with this guy.
1: Yeah, I'll admit I'm. I I like Hertz. I I think he's. I know he's not a great pocket passer, but I I thought this year he was pretty good. And I'll admit I I still have the same sort of thoughts. But at the same time, my thoughts are semi going in the other direction after that game. It's like, all right, maybe you have to think about this a little bit longer if if he's a uh, a real option for next year and beyond, or if they have to start looking for the next guy now. Yeah, I don't uh, Yeah, think, he was not he was not good.
0: <laughs> I don't think that they should use one of their three first round picks on a rookie quarterback. I think that they need to focus on defense. Maybe especially try since your luck again this Q- QB the QB class is not great. Exactly. Like I don't think that there's a guy who they're gonna get like the fifteenth overall pick who you know is gonna step in and replace Jalen Hurts. But if they could turn one or two or even all three of those first round picks into say Russell Wilson, then I think the Eagles should do that. I think if you're going to move on from Jalen Hurts, it's got to be for a guy like Wilson, maybe Deshaun Watson if his legal situation clears up, or even Aaron Rodgers, who it feels like the the long shot for several reasons. But I, I think that's what the Eagles should do. I think they still need to improve legitimate contender and then see you know what happens with Jalen Hurts, uh, which I, I think they very much overachieved this year. There's reason to believe that, with some reinforcements they could be back in the playoffs and that maybe another year of development for Jalen Hurts, another year as like the starting quarterback uh, with a team that came along stronger late in the season that things could go better. But I don't think he did himself any favors in this one. And if the Eagles could potentially be, you know, take a really big next step if they were to go out and get uh, like a true, legitimate number one starting quarterback of that, You know, Russell. Yeah, if if they
1: got Wilson or Watson in a trade, then I definitely would take Mm -hmm. the Eagles seriously as certainly a division contender, and I guess who knows if they were to make that. Yeah, like a
0: legitimate threat in the NFC at that point. Yeah, Um, especially if they are able to retain some of those you know, one or two of those first round picks, then I would think that, you know, they can still add some talent on potentially both sides of the ball. Certainly on defense, you know, the defense is a big issue. It's 31 points uh, against the the Bucks, who were just able to move the ball at will. It didn't matter who was playing running back, who was playing receiver. So uh, certainly some holes on this roster, but I guess credit to them for beating all the teams they were supposed to be. They went eight and one against teams below 500 this year, and that's why they were able to make the playoffs so um let's uh, we kind of started talking about it the rams are gonna be the bucks opponent and the this is another one where like it felt like it could have gone either way should have been a fun exciting first ever monday night football game and it was over before it even started they just destroyed the cardinals ended up being 34 to 11 and didn't even feel like it was all that close for a while yeah
1: i was semi open to the idea of having a playoff game on monday night football but after that i'm during that game, I'm thinking myself, man. I, I uh-huh. wish they just played this on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> that was a waste of time. That game, like you said, was over before it even started. That that, that Kyler play uh, in the end zone when he he's about to get sacked for a safety and he just chucks yeah. it up and then it's Booger McFarland. Uh, I, I forgot. Oh, sorry, who sorry. Yeah, it was, yeah, but it was the uh, Rams Col- Young,
0: Ronnie, right? Long David? No, Long Junior. Something like yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't know who it was, but. I forgot who it was uh, but the Rams just, corner who got it like once he scored the touchdown so, shortest uh, pick six in NFL history 2 yards Yeah, or so, playoff history at least. Yeah, once that, you know, that play McFarlane happened was like yeah
0: this talking this about it was like what in the, the Carson time. Wentz was that which like I think is I mean, like that was immediately what I thought of with that Carson Wentz play earlier in the year which I believe happened against the Rams too when he tried to avoid a sack and just chucked the ball up for an easy pick six. I do remember that, yeah, yeah and that was I one that where it was one. like, oh no, he was smart to, to give up the touchdown there because he gives up a safety, the game is probably over. But it, it was like almost the same thing that played out, and uh, yeah, the the Cardinals were a really bad football team on Monday night, and you know, I, I don't know that this is a reason enough to say we should never give Monday Night Football in the playoffs a chance, but it, it was disappointing to you know have an extra day of football just to see a team come out like that and. Cardinals started seven and zero. They were horrible down the stretch. They couldn't win a game at home. They lost to the teams like the Lions and the Seahawks, who had nothing to play for in Week eighteen. And
1: yeah, the, those two were the worst loss for sure. Particularly the Lions one. Yeah, I that,
0: mean thirty to 12, yeah, they play hard, like, but
1: they're still the Lions. Yeah, I mean to get
0: should, destroyed yeah. by them, not just them. Uh, so yeah, the the Cardinals were a. Uh, Disappointing team. A fake good team. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, you know, everyone team. wants to say the Steelers' worst 11 0 team all time. Well, aren't the Cardinals getting hate for coming out and playing even worse than a playoff game this year? I guess because uh, we don't know anyone that's a
1: Cardinals shirt. fan.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, the, the internet. In I know what general. you mean. I don't think that they're. But I mean, the the Cardinals wouldn't tweet the final score against the Lions and you know maybe that was the karma but yeah I mean coming into the season I was afraid to go all in on the Cardinals because I I, I believed in Seattle Russell Wilson getting hurt who knows what that team's like um, if he's able to stay healthy but that and the fact that they fell apart last year was just like am I gonna believe in this team again after being so high on them going into 2020 and you know they they got off to a strong enough start, but it's an, it's just a trait of a Cliff Kingsbury team. This is something that happened back yeah, in college. This is and why I think there's a lot of reasons it, to question him as a head coach at this point. Yeah,
1: it's that's one of the reasons why I was not super high on the Cardinals coming into the year. The biggest reason for sure is just given the division that they're in, where two of the four teams made the playoffs, and Seattle. Yeah, they sucked, but they also weren't. They didn't have Russell Wilson for a chunk of time, and even when he came back, he wasn't that healthy, and so that. The, I took them more seriously coming in the year than the Cardinals. But another reason why I wasn't super high in the Cardinals, not just because of the division that they're in, but yeah, I'm not a huge Cliff Kingsbury fan. It just, I don't know. I, I'm, I think he's kind of like a fake sharp head coach. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It just, he the fact he went from a co- with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, the, the like. fact that he went, yeah, that too. And the fact that he was in the coach of the year running and now people want him fired again, <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny.
0: Yeah, and I don't think it's gonna happen. I do think they're gonna bring him back. No, they'll bring there, him back. There's gonna be a lot of questions with the Cardinals and like where they go from here because part of the appeal to them was that they brought in a ton of veterans who are supposed to kind of turn the team around, guys like AJ Green, Rodney JJ Hudson. Watt. JJ Watt, but they couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, James Conner was someone who who came in and De- you know he death, he had his best death season, taxes but... and
1: James Conner touchdowns this year. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> Just like these, you know, goal line touchdowns. Like, yeah, the Steelers definitely were, uh, you know, stupid to let him go and move on with Najee Harris. But yeah, no, that's uh, I'm I'm happy for James Conner with what he did, but uh, this season. But I mean, Chase Edmonds going down with an injury. Like the the Cardinals lost a lot of key players to injury. Yeah, and DeAndre Hopkins, of course, was a huge one. I don't know how much of a difference he would See, have made. See, the thing is, Monday even night, though they but... lost
1: those guys, I, I still think the Cardinals lose.
0: I don't think they're that... I don't With the they're... way it played out, yeah. I mean, if Kyler Murray comes out and just looks like a deer in the headlights the entire first half, yeah. like, then... Yeah, and he he was brutal, bad. too. But uh, I wouldn't go as
1: far to say as... So, you, so like, last team we talked about was the Eagles, where hurts. yeah, he wasn't great, and the Eagles should start looking for other options. I wouldn't go as far as like for Kyler where like people are making jokes, especially including myself with the, him going back to play baseball instead <laughs> of football. I, I I thought they were, the jokes were funny, but yeah, I, I in all seriousness, I wouldn't go that far. Like, I think, I think he's good. I know he's small, but I think he, I think he's good. And I think he'll be fine. Will will be a, a super bowl caliber quarterback and being the, one of the elite quarterbacks. That maybe is a question, but he's, he's good.
0: I, I wouldn't I, I think so as well I think he'll learn from this game I I think the Cardinals will learn from this game like they seem like a relatively smart organization uh but you know they're they're gonna have to pay Kyler Murray soon um it'll be interesting to see what kind of money he gets whether that happens this offseason because we've seen some quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen get paid after year three and uh, former MVP Lamar Jackson who didn't get paid after year three so uh, certainly a big decision the Cardinals will have to make as well as really just gotta, they're going to improve depth. They can't let injuries to these guys just totally destroy their team. And I think that certainly played a role. And if they can kind of have the roster in place and things still fall apart at the end, then totally point the blame at a guy like Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury and others you know, at the top of that organization. So Bucks rams going into next week. Games in Tampa, you know, like you said, the Rams won the past two seasons, thirty-four to twenty-four, back in Week Three this year, and uh, the Bucks—they're without some of the the key pieces they are expected to have heading into the season, but they are at home in this one, and they have Tom Brady going up against Matthew Stafford. So, um, are you changing your tune on where you thought you'd be most of the season and leaning more toward LA, or are you still gonna ride with the Bucks in this one?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I literally don't like this, yeah. this game. I actually, I. <laughs> I don't really have a pick. I guess I'd pick the Bucks because of Brady, but I think it's a I think it's a semi bad matchup for Tampa. Just like I said earlier, where they haven't beaten him the the two times they played them in Brady's tenure with the Bucks, and now he doesn't have Godwin and AB. And I mean, I don't I don't think he had AB in that game anyway. But I I don't yeah I I don't remember if he was I don't remember if he.
0: Yeah, I don't think he did because I'm pretty sure there were five and zero in games he played mm-hmm. to start the season. Yeah,
1: I'm just guessing, but I I don't think they had him. And so, but I, either way, it they don't have those guys, and there could like I said, they could have some trouble on the O line if they don't have certain pieces. And I don't know, the Rams looked pretty good versus uh, Arizona yesterday, and maybe that was more on Arizona. But what if what if Stafford and the Rams figured something out? uh just recently. I don't know. I think I think it's a sneaky bad matchup for for Tampa. I I guess I would still lean with them just because I, I have more faith in Brady in the playoffs than Stafford, but I think it'll be a close game for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I think that this one will be exciting and I I wouldn't be surprised if this is the most exciting game of the weekend especially saying that Casey Buffalo has the potential to maybe be a little more one-sided than we thought if one of those teams uh, has a bit of a letdown whereas this one like both teams are coming off big wins but I think that there, there are enough flaws like in terms of what happened when you look at the Rams like yeah they put up a lot of points in this one they took advantage of some bad play by the Arizona Cardinals but I mean Cooper Cup. Odell Beckham, they had solid games. Neither of them had fantastic games. You know, Cam Akers, Sony Michelle ran the ball decently well. Neither of them exploded. So I think there's potential for the Rams. And I think they're going to need to get a little more out of the offense. Probably can't rely on a three yard interception return touchdown against Brady and the Bucks. So. Uh, they're, they're gonna they're gonna need to play well on defense but you know they, I think the fact that the Rams kind of had have had the Bucs number the past two years makes me lean towards them but again talking Brady Safford in the playoffs one of the guys has 35 playoff wins the other has one, one. so yeah. that's you know right there is a, a big advantage for Brady in the box obviously being at home uh, that's that's another factor so we'll see But I think that this one is uh, a very, very intriguing game. We get a lot of intriguing matchups that, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they play out. I don't think we're going to have a ton of blowouts like we did wildcard weekend. I don't think so either. This is one that I would be surprised if this
1: past weekend had some really, really bad games. (laughs) Games that were, you
0: know, some of them that we thought were going to be competitive and they weren't. Right. So. Um I guess you know, that's transitioned to our last game, which was <laughs> arguably the most competitive, most exciting, and probably the game that any neutral fan can talk about the most, and that was the 49ers win over the Cowboys. And you are you're laughing. What a stupid
1: <laughs> team the Dallas Cowboys are. <laughs>
0: uh, I they they are such a dumb football team. Like this is why throughout the season I was so afraid to buy into them. Is this like dangerous team, like the biggest threat to, to win the Super Bowl? All this stuff that people were saying, like, "Yes, they have so much talent on the roster." Oh, I... But how many times have we seen da- talented Dallas Cowboys teams go 9 and 7 and miss the playoffs because they just fall apart for the dumbest reasons? And this team, 12 and 5, they very much could have gone to the Super Bowl and they fall flat against the Niners and 14 penalties and ultimately choke in the end Four, when you. 14 have a penalties, to six of field. them
1: were pre snap.
0: Yeah, really? Right? Just such an undisciplined the, team. Oh,
1: super undisciplined. I, what's funny is that even though I taught them as the biggest threat, I, I did mention that they're a
0: really undisciplined team. Oh, yeah. Team. You're like, I wouldn't be surprised all I, I, if all I, 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 Yeah, exactly. I picked the Niners because I, I was like, we're going to look like idiots when the Cowboys go out yeah, and lose to San Francisco. Yeah, I, and that's what happens. I was like, someone has to pick the Niners. Yeah, I'm so. glad
1: you did because it was. The game where I, it was a really popular upset pick, and it was the game where if if, if someone's going to upset somebody, it's going to be this game because of just how dumb and undisciplined Dallas is. But it's like, they're such a talented team. They shouldn't be losing this early, but, oh, my God, they do it year after year. But, yeah, 14 penalties, six of them pre-snap, and I don't know why uh, people hate the Cowboys so much because they're the gift that keeps on giving,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I never
1: they're, understand they're, it. They're, like... fun to, they're fun to watch, like, with... With all the talent that they have, but when they lose, it's comedy gold. <laughs> They're like the maple leaves of the NFL.
0: <laughs> and they lose all the time. Like they still haven't been to a conference championship game since we were a year
2: old. Marks like, Marks in the past twenty
1: five years, you've probably seen the stat already, but Mark Sanchez, Jake Delome, guys like that have more wins in the playoffs than the Dallas Cowboys themselves <laughs> in the past yeah, twenty five seasons.
0: It's incredible. I mean, 2007, they're the number one seed, losing the divisional round. Right. 2016, number one seed, losing the divisional round. This year, they're you know Super Bowl contender all season, losing the wild card round. Like the, it's it's just incredible how year after year, you know, whether it's Jason Garrett for a decade or Mike McCarthy for two years, everyone wants to talk about. Uh, Aaron Rodgers only winning one Super Bowl losing at NFC Championship games. The fact that he was able to have that much success with that buffoon as oh his head god, coach for 12 a... and a half years is incredible. Yeah, I, the
1: like, past couple of episodes I've said, yeah Mike McCarthy, he's not the greatest head coach. You should have just stopped me there and just been like, no shit. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, that's what I said, the greatest compliment he ever received. Yeah. Is like, oh my god. Is, yeah.
1: I would have fired him uh, on the spot after that because that was yeah, as I mean, bad of a coach game I and just the, the definition of stupidity of uh, was the Dallas Cowboys in that game that that remember the fake punt that they had where they completed it they got a first down yeah. it was like great but you see the special teams coach like oh my god you just, yeah yeah back up i did you see what i did there yeah that was that was yeah. all me the cameras on them and they're like all the coaches and players uh, are they're losing their minds like okay great you completed the first down but then all of a sudden they com- they got to delay a game
0: yeah, did didn't get off the field. Like, what do we do? They couldn't get off the
1: field, <laughs> yeah. so it was a delayed game. Yeah. Like, okay, great, you got the first down, but <laughs> uh,
0: you blew it on the uh... next
1: very next play. And then the the drive that the Niners had with two minutes left to go is second down, and then all of a sudden they come they commit a defensive holding. <laughs> you see the I forgot who it yeah. was, but the D lineman just basically tackled.
0: The yeah, guy. right. That was an
2: absurd on a run penalty. Play.
0: It's refs, It's insane.
2: The to refs me when never. That
1: happens. It, the refs who call penalties for everything. They never call penalties for that unless if it's that blatantly obvious where you have to throw the flag. And it's like, yeah, and they show the replay. It's like, yeah, yeah, I I can see why they threw the flag. He <laughs> basically just tackled him on the ground and they gave him a free first down. And then you thinking the game's over, but then all of a sudden, it's Debo. He has that that reverse on th- on the long third down and like yeah, it, was it was like, like third, third and, twi- and ten. Uh, was it third and ten? whatever it was. it was third and, was ten. Third and he long gets nine and
0: two thirds yards yeah or something. and then it's like,
1: fourth down and then uh, they get the sneak but then all of a sudden there's like a false start and whatever yeah, the Cowboys
0: Jimmy Garoppolo just goes too quick yeah which and the Cowboys get another chance <laughs> and they try to pin him deep with the pun and they, they get a touchback everything starts to go Dallas's way You're like wow somehow the Cowboys are still gonna find a way to win this game yeah <laughs> and then what happens <laughs>
1: 14 seconds left. Let's run a QB draw. Yeah, that'll, that'll work. And then all of a sudden... <laughs> and then all of a sudden yeah, they yeah. blow it with the ref basically tackling the... Ref, the, the co- yeah, like, he he tackles Dak the and, and, and and the center at the end there. And, yeah, you can say he was too far back. And, yeah, uh, can, can other refs, can they put the ball down? Or does it have to be that specific? I think it,
0: I think it has to be the umpire. It has to be that umpire, specific, right?
1: specific ref. Like... Yeah, The Cowboys have one
0: thing that I didn't even like hear discuss until I saw like some 49er fan talk about it was that they tried to snap the ball at the 24, but Dak slid at the 27. So not only were they trying to like you know do everything themselves, but they gave themselves an extra three yards compared to what they should have. That
1: that, that play was just that whole sequence was absurd. Not only running that play because when they ran that play, I'm thinking to myself is what are you doing? (laughs) Right? Running a QB draw with no timeouts left. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you're not allowed to snap the ball yourselves. You need the ref to place the ball. And so it was stupidity on Dak's part, but shouldn't the coaches say, hey, give it to the ref? You got to give it to the ref for him to spot the ball? before a
0: lot of of people that should get blamed for that.
1: The Cowboys deserved what they got in that game. They can't blame mm-hmm. the refs whatsoever, even No, if, not at all. Not at all. They they got exactly what they deserved and I hated how Dak handled that press conference too where he was like, "Yeah, fans should be throwing stuff on the field." Like, "Oh, well it was directed towards the refs. "Oh, okay, credit to them then." Like, "What are you doing?
0: You sore <laughs> <Yeah>. loser." <laughs> right. I thought I Dak it's, was it's...
1: I thought he was I don't know. I thought he was better than that. I for him to for him yeah. to blatantly blame the refs like that was uh, I, I I I did not like how Dak handled that at, at the end of that game.
0: No, you can look back on that Raiders Thanksgiving game and say, yeah, the Cowboys should have committed a ton of penalties, but some of those were a little egregious and, you know, you can maybe be frustrated. This was a game where the the refs, like, they were calling penalties that the Cowboys should have been penalized on. Yeah. Like it, the that first play, first the play end, of the that game. That is how football works. First play yeah. of the
1: game, neutral zone infraction on, on Gregory. Like, Literally the first play of the game, they're not ready to go. Ugh.
0: No, just a yeah, tough, tough end of the season. All stupid around for Cowboys and their fans. Stupid, like...
1: stupid team. And as long as that they still have that same coaching staff with Mike with McCarthy, they're always gonna finish ten and seven, eleven and six, and they'll lose in the wild card round or divisional round in some. Hilarious fashion. I, I don't. I never want to make fun of teams like that. But that when the clock hit zero and Jim Nance, like, and the game is over. I, I just started laughing. Yeah, I mean, they got absolutely. what they deserved. And I agree with Tony Romo. It's
0: a frustrating way for a game to end, but I, I just don't see how it could have ended any other way. So.
2: Yeah, that that was yeah, pathetic. There's
0: uh definitely a lot of questions for the Cowboys heading into the offseason. Both their coordinators, Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, are up for grabs and I, I don't know that like it, for the longest time I was like they should fire McCarthy just to be able to keep those guys, but I don't know that either of them should necessarily be head coaches either. Like the Cowboys offense had a ton of talent well, and they well they couldn't I, put the points. I think
1: I think uh I think Dan Quinn is, a, is a good yes i think dan quinn is a great defense not, he's not a good coach he shouldn't be a he shouldn't be, should be Kellen
0: Moore, like i don't understand yeah. it like yeah they put up a ton of points most of the season but they struggled in the biggest moments against like the cardinals in week 17 and then the the 49ers in this one so
1: yeah i, li- I like kellen but he should not be a head coach either i think oc if he's the oc again that's fine but oh god find someone else other than mccarthy as the head coach I think I gave him more confidence than I should have, like you yeah. said, <laughs> for the past for the past uh, several weeks plus. I, I think, yeah, I mean, it, it's just been a long that time. Find someone else. Where as long as he's the head coach, Jerry Jones it. can
0: control, <laughs> and you know, it's uh, the coaching is the issue here. Like Jerry Jones is able to put together a good roster. Like the Cowboys are one of the, if not the most talented teams in the league, and they'll probably add other key pieces to make the team even better. But yeah, the the coaching staff is gonna. It's hold all. Back. It, it
1: comes down to that, honestly, because they have enough talent to win. Yeah, and again, I think Come the on, offense God, like those,
0: those guys need to step up. The stars like C D Lamb had what one catch in this one, like yeah, C D Lamb was
1: brutal in this game. I Zeke think Zeke
0: couldn't do anything. I don't he, know how much of that is injury. I but...
1: mean, well, Zeke is just he he's been bad all year. But I I think I think C.D., I think he's much better in the slot than he is outside. They they line, I don't know. It, I know Gallup is a big reason why he's had to line up outside because Gallup is much better on the outside. He's been hurt most of the year. So they've had to put him outside, and Cedric Wilson's better in the slot. But I I don't know. I I think he's much better in the slot, and... I don't know. I, I, I he sucked in this game
0: mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I think both Gallup and Wilson are free agents too. So it'll be interesting to see what Dallas does in that regard. But yeah, and and then Dalton Schultz. I
1: don't know what they're gonna do with him because mm-hmm. he was he had a career. Oh this yeah, he was awesome. Are you, do you do you want to pay him a bunch of money?
0: Not really. Yeah, I no. feel like the just find another. Yeah, guy. he seems like a replaceable type player. So yeah, yeah. There's a. Uh, definitely a big off season for the cowboys coming up, but you know we'll see how much heading to the roster i just find it actually
1: if, helps. if, if i if it were if i were the gm all f- my first priority new head coach yeah yeah right. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not thinking about other positions i'm thinking new head uh-huh. coach I never realized how bad the Mike McCarthy experience was until that game. Yeah, I knew it was. Yeah, he's not well, a great. A heck. lot of it, they no. <laughs> were
0: able to overlook it because he had some just blunders and games that the Cowboys won anyway. But it was just like you see this. You're like, this is gonna come back to bite them, and it did. Everything I thought about the Cowboys all season just ultimately came back to hurt them in this wild card game. So,
1: it's it's crazy because they they are one of the most, if not the most talented team in the yeah. league. They they should be so much better than. Than the results show
0: in the playoffs, yep. but so we talked a lot about the Cowboys, Forty ers They they won. I mean, Debo Samuel, <laughs> yeah, like that play was a big one. He's awesome. I, I mean, I I know yeah, I have the Gamecocks the bias, but I think he's every, like the best. Player every time, every
1: time he does something, yeah, he's fun. He's fun as hell to watch. But ah, oh, it just I can't believe it, the Patriots to <laughs> <you> kill <know>, <laughs> Harry over Debo. Yeah. three. I think it was three picks later that the that n- Niners right. got Debo. Ah. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> so anytime he does something's great, but it's like, geez, he could be doing that here. He uh, could be
0: doing that in New England, but no,
1: they had to take Nikhil Harry.
0: Yeah. So the, the Niners now go to Green Bay coming into the playoffs. You know, last week I said I I would say the Niners are the, the biggest threat for a wildcard team to go on a run, which you know they they won. I yeah, they were the only wildcard team to win. They were the so. only the only they were the only upset. Yeah, so off to a good start. Um Aaron Rodgers. Under a ton of pressure this postseason. One thing that I didn't even consider when I was talking about the Niners is the fact that they're 3-0 and against Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. All the talk about the Niners passing on Aaron Rodgers, the hometown kid back in 2005, he's lost all three times they've played. Now, all three times, I believe he's been an underdog. He had the, the crazy Kaepernick game in 2012, 2013, yeah, so, uh, when he was hurt yeah, all year. I, I,
1: rem- I, remember, um, I remember all of them where the first one was Kaepernick at – uh, it was in San Francisco. What's it called again? Levi's Stadium, whatever it's called, for... Santa Clara. I, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, whatever. Where they were whatever the 2012 is. Was... Candlestick. Yeah, it might have been. Is that what it was? Whatever yeah. stadium. Whatever. Used it, was to be whatever. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. it was at San Fran. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It was at San Fran, and Kaepernick ran for a million yards. And then the second one was at Green Bay, when yes. San Fran was a. Sixth they were the seed, five think, seed, but won- like they were the
0: second best five seed, seed in the NFC because Seattle that year was right. the first year of the Legion of Boom, and they won the Super right. Bowl. Right, right. And right. Green Bay was a four seed because Aaron Rodgers missed like eight weeks down the stretch, didn't come back till week seventeen. Right,
1: and they won late in that game. Yeah, game and winning then, field goal.
0: And then the other one, was a, the last one was the
1: one a yeah, couple of years NFC ago championship where game. Mostert had four touchdowns. Yep. And so yeah, the at least two of those games, you kind of already figured that San Fran was going to
0: win. I think the is were favorite in all three. So
1: oh, okay, well either way, at least two of them you had a. Really good feeling that they're this San Fran was going to win, but this game, this is definitely the the most favored Green Bay mm-hmm. is since this is probably the first game I'd imagine that they are favored, uh, in the four meetings that Rodgers is having with the Niners in the playoffs. So, yeah, the, Green Bay should win this game. And, yeah, the reason why I didn't pick San Fran instead of and I picked New England is because I, I think this is just a much taller task to beat Green Bay, uh, for the Niners, and so. I don't love the spot for them, and I know I picked Dallas and, and San Fran one, but I think this is a much, much tougher task uh, to go on the road and into Lambo than an indoor state.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think it's a, a tall task for the Niners. Uh, they're going to need a really great performance on both sides of the ball, which could be Tough to ask with uh, some questions about Nick Bosa with no, and Fred With Warner no uh, Nick
1: Bosa and, and Fred Warren. Yeah, I mean, right. I don't know if they're no they're Bosa
0: officially and... not playing. I I think there's a chance that they could go, but their injuries look bad it's though. It's both in of only them. six days. So they had to play Saturday night. So, yeah, yeah,
1: and and Jimmy. Okay, yeah, he won and his record in the league I think is thirty six and fifteen. something something really good. I don't know. He didn't look great. He didn't look great in that game, and he almost blew oh, it. Oh, I know. He, I think he had 172 <laughs> pick,
0: yards. Yeah, the, a bad pick.
1: Yeah, he had he had another third down throw to IUK that he was wide open. And he threw it over his head. It's just I don't know, Jimmy. Late in these games, he's showing. I, outside of that, that one a week and a half ago versus the Rams, like that that drive was great. But outside of that one. Yeah, he's starting to look like Jimmy G in late in these games again where he gets all jittery and starts blowing it. And yeah, he throws that terrible pick that almost cost them the game. And yeah, now I'm starting to question him a little bit more again now. And
0: I don't know. You know, Jimmy G has, uh, he's... He's someone who has had some moments. You know, some are saying yeah. that during the second half of the season, Jimmy Garoppolo simultaneously has raised his value to both the 49ers and to other teams I in saw the trade market. 49ers would not be where they are today without him. <laughs> what, a, <laughs> what a ridiculous tweet from Adam Schefter. Like, just copy-pasted from... Jimmy G's agent almost guarantees. Yeah, Jimmy G's agent. Yeah, exactly. No, it, yeah, it is. I love that Shefters just totally buying into like he's not even a journalist; he's just like a PR guy for agents around the. Like, oh yeah,
1: <laughs> I love that too.
0: Yeah, just whoever wants to like pay him money, like he's he's about to be a free agent too. So we'll we'll see where he goes. I've heard um Amazon Prime Video like they might be looking to make a play at him with their their new NFL package coming. You know, Jeff Bezos is gonna. You know, back up the Brinks truck for Adam Schefter. So, uh, yeah, I mean, c- you know, credit to him for his uh, performance this year. And also credit to Jimmy G because he has played well. He's fought off Trey Lance with the exception of injuries, which just never go away. He has another injury. Like this... I don't remember what it was, but yeah, Schefter during like the halftime of the Rams game, was like, oh yeah, by the way, Jimmy has another injury. He should practice this week, but add something else to the list. Like, it, you just can't stay healthy. So, no. Uh, and if if he's actually going to be bothered by multiple things, and it's it's tough to believe that he's going to be able to go into Lambeau and outplay Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, um, I don't I don't see it. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely riding with the Packers in this one. So. That'll do it for our wild card weekend reactions, divisional round, off-season preview. So, and that'll also do it for this episode. We uh, <laughs> we still talked for a while. I knew we were capable of talking a, a ton of football. So, next week, there are fewer games. So, in theory, smaller segment. We'll see, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll see.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I like the idea of talking about some other sports as well. Um, NBA, maybe heating up with the the trade deadline and stuff approaching the celtics obviously not having the best season oh god
1: no <laughs>
0: yeah nhl though the uh the penguins and the bruins are both pretty hot um, yeah the
1: bruins are starting to heat up
0: yeah which, although i don't I know if you saw tonight they're down six to one to the hurricanes
1: i i i noticed they were down two to one i did not know it was yeah, six, to, uh, six to one until yeah, now
0: six though. to one yeah they night they retire willow Ree's number a tough tough showing for that one but yeah um uh, yeah both both teams are in good shape right now so i mean I, I could try to talk a little bit of hockey we'll see um you know we'll try to have some top five or five questions or something sprinkled in as well and that one so you know you're welcome for not putting out another two and a half hour episode <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that so for my co-host brian wells i'm for novotny thanks
2: everyone